<laughs> this is the hardest part for me always. I'm like, oh my god. No, I'm like, how do you transition from a regular conversation to welcome to the all the things podcast? <laughs> this part is totally staying in. Um, all right. Welcome to all the things with Shirley Hagel. This is Shirley Hagel. Woohoo! And this is Don hey. and I'm Hey, I'm so excited that you're here with me. Um, I'm so excited. Well, oh my God, it's so good. You're so Dawn is a hairstylist and she also has a podcast. And we found each other randomly on Instagram. Well, I found you, I believe. And I liked something that you posted. I think I had liked a few things. And then because of that, maybe is what made you come look at my page. I yeah, don't know. and I remember seeing you wearing. I remember you being like, at, like I was like, this girl acts like me. Like we're like, she's like the same. She like talks yes. like me on her stories. And then I was like, oh my gosh, she has the anxiety necklace too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's yeah. So at first we like you pointed out that we act the same on our stories, and then we started realizing all these things we have in common, like our love for our dogs. Mm -hmm. Our love for Jen Gotch, the anxiety necklace. Yep. Then once we started getting to oh know my each goodness. other more, we realized we had even more things like our Christian upbringing, which we talked about on your yep. podcast. Uh, it's kind of wild. It's almost creepy. I, it is almost creepy. Oh, and the creepiest one was that we figured out your birthday's the day before oh, yeah. mine. <laughs> Are we born in the same year? <laughs> which is, no, I think you're a couple years older than me. I'm born in oh, 85. Thanks. thanks. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um my bad I, I didn't mean to age out you <laughs> um but yeah so I okay so Dawn you are Canadian you're a hairstylist you have a podcast it's called Anxious Creative and your podcast was a huge actually inspiration for this Aww. podcast because yeah no I I love your podcast and your podcast, amongst a couple others, made me feel like, man, I feel like I have stuff I want to say, too, and these people are doing it. I can totally mm -hmm. do it. So that was, yeah, that was that. Um, but, and I look up to your career, too, really. So I would love to talk about that. Oh, some. sure. Um, Thank you. That's so, when, I feel yeah. like not worthy of that. <laughs> Ah, well, I mean, we never do, yeah. right? Like when someone, I feel like we always see ourselves. Me too much. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a healthy yeah. admiration, I think. Um, yeah. So when I was on your podcast, you mentioned that you had worked for Aveda for a while, which I had never known that until we were on that podcast together. So I would love to hear that part of your journey because that's another weird thing. We oh yeah. Working for Aveda. Well, um, yeah, it's not too exciting of a story. So when I finished hair school, I remember um, being like, I don't know where I want to work. And there had been this salon that had come and judged a competition at the school. And they said mm. that they were looking for staff. So I went and did some of my like in salon credits or whatever there. Um, for school mm. and then the own it was happened to be an Aveda salon and I remember walking in and being like this place stinks <laughs> so I was like it smells like cologne what the heck oh like literally stinks it literally yeah stinks. like like I didn't like That's the smell of it so... because I was so used to like bubble gum like shampoo yeah. and like really synthetic smells and like I was like a big like um 
like TG, like Bedhead, though those brands. And so okay. smelling Aveda, and I'd never heard of Aveda before ever in my life. Um, what year was this? 2001, maybe 2002. Okay. I started working April of 2002. So, um, okay. okay. But I'd never, I'd grown up in a small town of like 20,000 people. And so I don't, there was no Aveda salon there. And like, I was like a Biolage, um, ABBA, trying to think of all the brands that I knew, but I I had never heard of, of Aveda. So I walked in and I was like, like, this stinks. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny that you say it smells like cologne because I feel like. I think like Abercrombie and Fitch and Hollister, you know, like when you walk by the stores in the mall and how you can smell them from a mile away. And I feel like Aveda does have such a distinct smell, but I don't relate it to cologne. Like I always think it just feels like earthy. So that's funny that that's yeah. Well, that's that's how I smelt it for the first time. Yeah, Um, yeah. it grew on me. And then when I like after working in a Aveda concept salon for a few years, I'd smell other stuff and be like, that's so synthetic. We really do do that. <laughs> um, but yeah, so then they asked me at the end, like, are you looking for a job? And I said, yes. And they said, why don't you come and apply here? So I applied and I got the job um, and then thus started my career uh, working at Nevada Concept Salon. And I am so thankful for it because one there... I forget what it's called. It's been so long since I've been out of the Aveda world. But like the yeah. foundations, is that like the first class that you take all about product knowledge? Like just the, well, sorry. Oh, I was just going to say, I didn't go to the Aveda Institute actually. So I don't even know how their curriculum oh. goes, to be honest. Um, well, in for in salons, there was like, we would get a calendar every year of all the classes that would come through town or like that were in like cities nearby and so I remember oh yeah we do yeah I remember getting like my first product knowledge class and just being so overwhelmed with like I have to learn all these products um and then but the education was so good honestly I don't even know if I know a product line so sorry if any of my clients are listening to this I don't know if I know a product line (laughs) as well as I knew Aveda because I was really encouraged to study the ingredients know the ingredients know why the ingredients are in there so I could educate my clients and I really learned so much from the Aveda structure of like it's about educating it's not about selling so don't be scared to like educate someone on why this product and these ingredients would be good for them rather than trying to sell them something um so i'm super thankful for aveda for the education that it gave me and then i think i told you on our episode that at 21 i like moved overseas and moved to london and just by chance like by pure i don't know if i believe in luck but kind of by pure luck I ended up working at the Aveda Institute in Covent Garden which is like the glo- the global oh, headquarters wow. for Aveda um, and I assisted there and I worked under like Anthony Beenders ben- and Ian Michael mm-hmm. Black um, yeah and they're all still like in charge yeah, today which is That's cool wild. so they would not know my name they would not remember me because yeah. people are like really and I'm like don't if you see them like they won't <laughs> No. Um, that's so funny but like seeing Antoinette get ready for Congress was really cool like yeah oh I bet we just went yeah it was cool like see all like the hair pieces see I remember watching her um interview models and she'd like they'd like walk up and down and she'd be like yeah no you can go (laughs) and I was like oh my god oh my god um yeah right but yeah and like that year for sure being in 
London, England and seeing how they did hair so differently because like I said, I'm from a small town. Um, and then I moved from like a 20,000 person town to like a 200,000 person town where I took hair school. And I really just knew some of the basics, but I had no idea what, like what a blowout was even like how to do a proper blowout. And when I, when yeah. I lived in the UK, like that was drilled into me. Like, it's not just about rough drying the hair and then putting a hot iron through it. It's about like blow drying the shape into it. So when I came back home, that was like my thing was like blowouts. Cause nobody did them anyway. I was just going to say this was before the blowout became like such a thing. Yeah. That's cool. So. Because I feel like I didn't really learn about a blowout until I did. So there's, I don't know if there's not any dry bars in Canada, but I, I feel like you probably have like those blow dry oh, totally. I bars. I think there might be blow like dry bars in Canada. Maybe not. Well, oh, we really? have a million blow dry bars though. So I don't know if yeah. dry bar, no, the I brand only, dry bar, but yeah. Yeah, I, I only bring them up because I did like a very small stint at a dry bar right when I moved to New York because I just wanted money coming. Like I wanted to be able to make money immediately while I like figured out where I was going to totally. be. And it wasn't even until working at dry bar that I like really concentrated on like a blowout. And that was in 2012. Right. And it's amazing how like I, some of my like because I cannot style curly hair to save my life like natural like to make it mm. especially after you've like combed through it. There's no way the curls are going to look good. But I would always no. like, be like, do you, my curly hair clients would be like, whenever, whenever someone straightens my hair, it's like flat and poker straight. And I was like, wait a minute, I can give you volume and bounce and smoothness. Yes. <laughs> they like loved it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's really cool. Um, so you were in the Aveda Network for how long? Uh, 10 years. Holy crap. That's a long time. <laughs> From the beginning of my career. Um, I guess like, well, I guess from 2000, so maybe eight years till 2010. So eight, eight oh, wow. years, sorry. Okay. So we overlapped a little. I joined the Aveda Network in 2007. Anyways, that's cool. Mm -hmm. So your career looks very different than that now. Yes. Um, and I want to talk about that too, because um, now you are on your own, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Do you say that you have a salon or what do you call it? Do you call it a studio or a salon? I call or... it a salon because I have like an actual retail um, storefront space. Oh, yeah. okay. Cool. Um, so it's just you. Do you have an assistant? I don't have an assistant. You know what? I've never worked with an assistant. So cool. that is foreign to me. And I really like, for me, it's about the connection with my clients and the one-on-one -on -one conversation. And so working with an totally. assistant just doesn't. It's really hard because sometimes in life in general, I'll get caught up in like, this is the way it's supposed to be. And this is what you mm -hmm. do in order to be successful. And so I've thought like, maybe I need an assistant. Um, mm -hmm. But I was like, no, this is, this is why my clients come to me is the, it's for the hair, it's for Leroy, it's for the candy, mm -hmm. but it's for the, <laughs> the one-on-one -on -one time together. Yeah, totally. I, so when I was freelancing, I, I had that very like one-on-one -on -one time with my clients as well. And that was probably the biggest thing I was scared about going back to the salon world was kind of giving that up a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, and I work with an assistant, but I don't work with an assistant the way, like they're not right next to me all the time. They're there to help me. They're there to like prep for me, basically. Mm -hmm. Like they prep my like my color tray and they shampoo for me and stuff like that just to keep the flow of my day going. But right. they don't assist me the way you see some people assist. And I totally get that. And I think if you're, 
I like for me, it was hard for me to even give up the shampooing because I want to be the first one to see that color. Mm -hmm. or whatever, you know, it's a very weird, but I like need my assistant in the salon now. Are they fully just um, yours? No, I share them with three other stylists. Okay. So depending on who's on, sometimes I'll only be sharing with, with one other person, but yeah, they're not just mine, but they're also not just the salons either. Mm -hmm. Um, cause we do have a couple people that don't get assisted and they just work on their own. Um, yeah, it's interesting. Um, but okay. So enough about my getting assisted. Um, so you also educate. Yes. And how did you start doing that? <laughs> like, how did that come about? It's such a funny story. Sorry. You're going to, yeah, no, I was just going to say, cause you're on your own. So I'm just curious how it came to be. Um, so when I moved to Calgary just over four years ago, uh, I had just before I moved, I had learned um, hair painting and mm. I just, I remember like the hairdresser who taught me it only did hair painting. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's all I want to do too. Because it just like finally was like the final thing that clicked for like, this is what I've been looking for my whole career that makes me feel like I fit in this industry finally is like wearable, yeah. natural looking hair. Cause I never felt like like the hair shows I admired, but I never felt drawn to doing. Um, Cause yeah. for me, it was all about the connection with the client and making them feel wonderful and beautiful from the inside out. And so avant-garde and um, like competitions of like extreme hairs, I really could appreciate, but there was no draw or desire for me. And I yeah. felt because of that, that I didn't fit into the industry because that's what a successful in my head um, that's what a successful hairdresser does is they go and compete and do all these like crazy, amazing, cool things. Um, mm -hmm. But for me, I like the satisfaction and success feeling came from like making someone walk out of the salon feeling better about themselves. So when yeah. I learned hair painting, I was like, oh my God, this is so natural. It's going to give my clients like longer, like more wearability, um, longer times between appointments, like ultimately save them time and money. And so I just like decided like, I'm going to, when I moved to Calgary, this is such a, in hindsight, such a bad idea. <laughs> Like I'm yeah. going to like completely uproot my life and I'm going to also change everything I do with everything that's familiar with my business. I'm going to change. So when I moved here, mm -hmm. I decided to only do hair painting, no foils, which like Whoa. I was getting all brand new clients that I didn't know. I oh didn't know their hair history. Plus I was using a technique that was super new to me. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> Ballsy. <laughs> and I decided to change product lines like color. So I didn't even, Whoa. I didn't even know, like, does this color line pull cooler? Does it pull more warmth? Also, is this, is it the color or is it this person's hair? Because I don't know this person either. It's like everything yeah. I went from knowing my color line super well, knowing my client's hair for the last like 10 years to completely like being like a brand new baby hairstylist. I knew technique, but everything else was new. So I had a lot of fall flat on my face moments and feeling mm. like a complete and total failure because like, why did their hair not turn out the way I wanted it to? Or why couldn't I deliver what they wanted? And thus became the whole long thing about learning communication and has really yeah. that, that specific time that being new here, like has shaped so much of where I'm at right now, which I'm thankful for now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah um, Right. But anyway, so I started hair painting a ton. Instagram was on its rise and I was like, I remember like people were like, you're just going to move to a new city and start over. And I was like, hell yes, I am. Like, I'm going to use Instagram and it's going to work. And like inside I was shaking, like, I hope this works, but yeah. I had this like crazy confidence on the outside. And so I just started posting a lot of hair painting and like shamelessly posting like 
Hey, like Calgary, like come, get, come try this new technique. It's amazing. You got to come try it, blah, 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 blah. It's awesome. And just like not caring because I had no connection with people here or not caring what they thought. And then people mm -hmm. started asking me to teach them. And then I got so wow. many requests. Sorry to make a really long story out of your question. No, to, I um, <laughs> People kept asking me and I was like, I can't educate. Like what? I just know. I just like, this is pretty like within the last six months new to me, but people wanted to learn. And I was like, Hey, like I'm in a new city building my clientele extra income would be great if people are actually getting value out of this from me. And yeah. I think uh, I would hope that my students would agree, but I feel like I over deliver because I want to make sure people are getting, I used to go to so many hair classes by companies mm -hmm. and they were teaching some really simple technique, but ultimately selling their product Yeah, and that I really struggled with. And so when I first heard, this was like 20, 13 when like independent mm -hmm. education was just kind of starting I was like yes yeah. like I get so much out of this because I'm actually getting like tangible like techniques and skills not just selling me on a product and so when I decided to start educating myself uh, or like educating for like as myself to other people yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I realized like I really wanted to give as much as I possibly could in my classes and that's kind of how it started that's amazing I want to take one of your classes because I actually only used oh yeah <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know what it is. I don't think I've ever had anyone properly teach me how to do it without foil. And I feel confident with foil. So I just stick to what I know for now. But if the right person taught me how to do it, and I feel like you would be the right person, because mm -hmm. we think really similarly, I can tell. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh -huh. I don't know if people can even tell our voices apart on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God. Well, I feel like the hint of Canadian that you sound is the only thing that's going to make that possible. What do I say I that's Canadian? Would... Well, you say, hey. Oh yeah. Like, hey. Instead, instead of, of, oh yeah. And I, yeah. And I want to make that a thing in my life because <laughs> I wish I was Canadian and it's not just because of the current administration, just in general. I'm, I like, and that might actually be off on a tangent quick. That might be how I found you on Instagram. Cause I started down this rabbit hole of Aveda Canada, which then just led to like hair Canada. <laughs> and I wonder if that is how that happened. Anyways, um, that's all really cool. And I really want to take your, one of your classes and one day I'm coming to Calgary and it's happening. Yes. Or I'll come to oh. New York. Yeah. Honestly, okay. the biggest thing I can say is like, because from that year, like I didn't think about, I didn't think about the fact that I would fail a ton going to a new city, starting with new clients, starting with a new product line and doing a whole new technique that's very foreign and like completely counterintuitive to how I knew how to do hair. Cause like holding yeah. the brush even and applying the product is so different. How you put the product on the brush is so different. Everything is yeah. different. And I would say like anybody who's wanting to make a big shift in their career, whether it technique or like do something new, you have to be okay with falling flat on your face and failing. It's the only totally. way that you're going to yeah. see that change. Yeah. I think that goes for a lot of things when you're wanting to do anything new, you have to be okay with like fucking up some, Uh huh. that's the only way you learn. And honestly, like, so then I like got, I went down this whole spiral of anxiety after my first year of being in Calgary and then about a year and a half there was like a breaking point and then I got really scared and I I like shrunk down and I kind of just like stopped that whole like fearlessly putting myself out there and not being scared to mess up or not being like now I and I still have residual anxiety of like what if this person isn't happy with their hair what if this person yeah. and I never used to have that I used to be like Meh, whatever that's what it is they asked for it <laughs> yeah yeah well I feel like 
I feel like there's there's this part of you that like as a hairstylist there's this that part never goes away like it seems like like there's all I hadn't one of my assistants actually asked me one day because I was in the back and I was like what was I doing I was doing something and I would just reference like oh this person's hair always makes me nervous like no matter how often I do it and she was like oh so that never goes away nope and I was like, I don't think it does. I think it's the same as being a performer. Like, yes, you get, you just get more comfortable with being uncomfortable, I think. Absolutely. I was just saying that last night. I was on Instagram live and saying, like, you have to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. But the more you learn to lean into it, I hate using that term. I've never read that book. But everyone was like, lean in for such a long time. Um, Wait, I say that all the time. What book is it from? It's called Lean In, isn't it? Or Oh. I don't know. I've never read that. I, but I feel like I say, like, I feel like lately I've been saying that a lot. Yeah, like really just like getting comfortable with the fact that you're going to be uncomfortable. And that's, and I use this analogy like overkill and I'm an analogy freak. But mm-hmm. um, like working out, it's, you don't just like say like, I want a beach body. So you work out like crazy. You do the hard work, you feel the pain, you feel the burn, but all of a sudden your body looks rocking. And then Mm -hmm. it's not that you just get there and you're like, sweet, done, like wipe your hands off. And like, now my body stays this way. It's maintenance. And maintenance isn't as hard as the initial, but it requires maintenance. And so that whole like learning to be comfortable with getting uncomfortable, like your body plateaus, you have to do new exercises, you have to feel the burn, you have to be sore the next day, but that's the way you grow. And that's the way your capacity expands to be able to take on more yeah it's so true should I become a motivational Um, speaker (laughs) um obviously I feel like I'm like feeling really inspired already um I want to go back to you mentioned Instagram okay and I want to talk about Instagram let's talk about Instagram yeah let's talk about it I it sounds like it had an impact on your business and I struggle with it because I have these moments where Instagram has gone really well for me and I've totally hit this like plateau and my numbers are actually going down Mm. and I, and I go through these periods where like, I don't care. And then by not caring, I feel like, like I go through periods where I don't care and I'm like, this is fine, but then that doesn't change anything. And then I'm like, okay, I'm going to like care and pay attention and be, you know, all these things. And then that doesn't change anything. And so I just go up and down and I don't want to do it, but I don't like, I don't want to feel this way about Instagram. I want to just like, let it ride and let what happens happen. Mm -hmm. But I, I don't know. I'm struggling with it. So what? You know what I hear there? It's like the whole, like, you know what? If I ignore him, he'll like me more. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Maybe if I just pretend like I don't care and be more aloof, maybe he'll cut like he'll come towards me. Yes. And then that does not work. (laughs) But then being like overbearing also doesn't work. Yeah. So what does it mean? What do I do? I don't know. Right. So Instagram's so tricky and I'm definitely not, I don't consider myself an expert by any means, but honestly, it's changed so much since the beginning. Right. And so the people that got in early really thrived and are lucky Um, Mm -hmm. but Instagram like changed my, like, I don't think I could have done as well as quickly in Calgary Mm -hmm. as I did without the help of Instagram, because I moved here. I started using Calgary hashtags before I even moved here. I was like, Hey, Calgary Mm -hmm. ladies, I'm moving there in end of September. Like start checking out my work. I'm going to be taking clients soon. Can't wait to announce where I'll be working, blah, 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 blah. Um, Mm -hmm. but I it's, and you've probably heard this a million times, but it's all about 
like being social and creating relationships and engaging with people. It wasn't just about what I posted, although that helped in the hashtags or whatever, but I, yeah. I looked up local hashtags because my goal was to get mm -hmm. clients in my chair. So yes. I was looking up like YYC women, which like shows a whole bunch of interesting pictures sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> and like, um, like looking at local places and like, who is my like ideal customer? And what is the kind of person that I want to do hair on ideally? And so I tried to like seek out like a person that I would want in my chair that would be like the ideal person. Where would they go to eat? Where would they be? And then I'd look up those places on Instagram and I'd find pictures of people who fit what, I, who the kind of person I'd want to do their hair. And then I'd go and like engage on their page. And I always say like, if you're at a party and some dude all of a sudden is just like in your face, like, Hey, you're pretty, like, want to go out with me? You'd be like, Whoa, like, yeah. hold up but if you're uh -huh. like at a party and you make eyes with someone across the room and you're like oh who's that and then all of a sudden you're like at the buffet getting food and they like bump into you and you're like hey hey whatever and then later mm -hmm. on they're like hey I noticed you like do you want to go like and spark up conversation like talk about stuff and then ask you out that feels like a lot more natural and I always say Instagram's kind of like a party and if all of a sudden you're like mm -hmm. hey can I do your hair they'd be like who the fuck are you like what the hell yeah but if you like yeah. start making eyes with them like make, make your presence known like it's really just all about it's like taking socialization out like in the real world and putting it on the digital world so if you're too yeah. aggressive kind of like how we were just saying like if I ignore him maybe he'll notice me it doesn't work mm -hmm. and then if mm -hmm. I'm too overbearing like it doesn't work again but like how can you mm -hmm. like consistently show up mm -hmm. same way I don't know how the algorithms work like that's a whole yeah, nother game yeah. right but I don't know and then not focusing on the popularity contest of it because yeah. there's people out there like I have friends that have like crazy high engagement rates but really low followings yeah so and I'm the opposite right now like I have followers and they do not engage at all yeah. it's very weird and I find myself if I'm being honest I find myself getting like mad at them like I get like it's so dumb but I'm like why are you here if you don't mm -hmm. want to participate I don't get it and then but then I don't want to be a dick and like like I always like I have these moments where I'm like I want to say that like why are you even here? And yeah. then I'm like, well, that's not the right attitude to have. And then I try to just like focus on the ones that are paying attention, but it's just weird. Cause I do kind of feel that way. Like, why are you here? Yeah. Why are you on my page? If you don't want to like play along. Right. And all I want out of Instagram truly is like community and conversation and good vibes. Like that's all I'm trying to get. Mm -hmm. Like I, I, it's never really brought me client. I mean, I suppose it's brought me a handful, but not a lot mm -hmm. if I'm, if I'm being real about it. Like, mm -hmm. and so, yeah, I don't know. I think, I guess, how do you like, how do you, oh, I don't even know. I was going to say, how do you kind of like go of that, like mm -hmm. neediness of it? Cause that's where I feel like I'm needy right now with it like it's like I feel like a needy girlfriend right. on Instagram right now I would say like the biggest thing is just like let go of your ego yeah and not, yeah. And not meaning that in a rude way but like no of course let go of the the ego that's like saying it needs to be something in, like whatever you've created in your mind that it needs to look like let that go yeah that's good and you've also it's made a true. shift like when I made a shift to start talking about more about mental health and stuff I lost a ton of yeah. people yeah and you that's true 
I made a shift at some point where I don't just talk about hair anymore. Mm -hmm. And I had to do that for my sanity because it, the, when I don't just talk about hair, it helps me to not do the popularity contest thing. Mm -hmm. Like if I'm talking about the other stuff that matters to me, like mental health and running and plant-based nutrition and that kind of stuff, it doesn't feel like such a popularity contest because that stuff is what matters to me. Mm -hmm. um, obviously mixed in with the hair. And I feel like maybe that's what's going on is like, I'm kind of changing what I'm doing on Instagram. And that's, I feel like changing who's there with me. Totally. And I guess I should be okay with that. And I guess I should know that like, that's good and that's okay. Mm -hmm. I would really encourage you if you're wanting to make it into like a business or something, really look into um, some like branding courses and get really clear on like what the Shirley Hagel brand is. Like what are the yeah. core values? What are the core qualities? Who are you talking to specifically? Like if you were talking to only one person, who would be, which I'm launching something in the new year that's going to be amazing and really helpful for that. Um, but if you were talking to one specific person, like your ideal client, or customer, who would that be? What would they look like? How would they dress? What kind of things are they into? And then start only talking to them. Oh my God. I love that. I'm literally writing it down. And <laughs> it's amazing. Like for me, like my ideal client is, um, like Jennifer, she's 33. She has two kids. She's a stay at home mom. She doesn't feel attractive. She wishes her husband found her more sexy, that sort of thing. And literally like every time I get a new client, they're like, I'm a mom and like, I just feel like frumpy and I'm like, how the hell? Is this? Oh, but you just speak God. directly to that one. Like it's a made up person. I pulled yeah. a picture off of Google of like this, wow. like lady who like kind of looks worn out, no makeup on, like beautiful, but just like yeah. not seeing her own value. Cause for me, once again, I said like all my appointments are like how to make women feel and know their worth. So my like ideal person is someone who doesn't see their worth and their value, but they are like, they're amazing. They do like a stay at home mom, stay at home moms are amazing people who get so much done and like are so undervalued. Um, but like, yeah. I, I like wrote down like, what kind of websites does she visit? What kind of blogs does she read? What kind of books, what does she do in her free time? Like she wishes she had more free time, those sorts of things. And then when I started trying to talk to like when I wanted to attract clients from my Instagram, I spoke specifically mm -hmm. to that person. Wow. That's fantastic advice. Mm -hmm. I'm totally going to like vision board my client. Yeah, <laughs> you should. Absolutely. It's like a really, yeah. really great exercise to do. Yeah. Oh my God. I love that. So what's that leads me to my, to this question. What's your favorite part about being a hairstylist? Oh, connecting with the people for sure. Yeah. Like I love doing hair and some days I'm like, damn, like I blew it out of the park. Like that, that's mm -hmm. amazing. And that hair looks awesome, but it's really the relationships and the connection and seeing, seeing my clients feel like seeing how doing their hair and visiting with them can change, change their mood, change the way they see themselves. That sort of thing is definitely the most rewarding. Yeah, that's another way that we're totally alike because the connecting with people is easily my favorite thing about doing hair. It's also for me, and I'd be curious to hear what you have to say. It's also the like most exhausting part yeah, of what I do because totally. I definitely like go all in with these people. Yeah, to um, the point where sometimes I like give too much of myself or I don't have proper boundaries to keep myself healthy. Has that's yeah. in the past been a real struggle for my for me and like I was saying, I'm launching something huge in January, which is going to work on all of 
be perfect for us hairstylists who are people pleasers who care and love our clients and the reason why we got into this was because we want others to feel good about themselves generally because maybe we don't feel good about ourselves Mm -hmm. um so we want others to feel what we wish we did and therefore we sacrifice ourselves in order to let other people feel that totally i feel like the more i know someone the better hair i can give them do you feel like a hundred percent that's why i have um, mandatory 30 minute consultations for new clients because oh I sit down with them face to face. I, they go through a consultation form and then I go through it with them verbally reading out every answer and making sure I read it back to them so that we make they, so that they hear that I'm hearing it and understanding it, but also clearing up anything like, so when you say like, you want ashy hair, do you just mean like bright or do you mean like gray, <laughs> you know, things like that mm-hmm. and reading it yeah. back to them and then also being really clear about expectations um, and those sorts of things. So also I watch their body language. I watch how I see how they dress. I see how they come across in their confidence. And that half an hour tells me so much, but I always say like on a first date, I can't predict what someone's going to order off the menu, but by like the mm-hmm. fifth date, I have a good idea. So the more, yeah. um, I always say there's no obligation or expectation to continue to come see me after today, but just mm-hmm. so you know, the more I get to know you, the more I can do hair that suits you and re- is a reflection of you. Yeah, totally. Small plug. I have my consultation (laughs) form and template on my website for sale if people want to copy it completely or um, have a guideline of how to make their own. It's on sale. Yeah. And I'll link all that in the show notes because that's (laughs) such a huge part of what we do. Communication is everything. I had had someone in my chair the other day that when she sat down, um, she's in her early 60s, I believe. And when she sat down, she started, she wears her hair short, like in a longish pixie. Mm-hmm. And when she sat down, she told me she wanted like skunk hair because like her mom has like white hair. Her mom just passed and she was feeling really inspired to do her hair like her mom. And her mom wears like a white, like her mom's hair is naturally white. Mm-hmm. And so she wears like, she leaves a streak out in the front of her white. Cool. And yeah, super cool. But, but by the end of the consultation, we realized that like, as a matter of fact, that is not actually what she wants. She wants like to somehow do, you know, we ended up doing like legit normal highlights, but taking them lighter. Mm -hmm. But I think, but it was, you know, the consultation was 30 minutes and long. And if I had stopped at that first, this is what I want. And just been like, okay, I'll go mix that up she would not have been happy with her hair. We had to like get all the way around. Like, Mm -hmm. I think I want to do my hair like my mom, but really I don't want to do my hair like my mom, but I need to talk about my mom right now. You know what I mean? Like it was really like, she needed to share that story with me, but that's not necessarily the hair she wanted, at least in that moment. Mm -hmm. And if we had stopped earlier, we would have never known that. And I would have given her hair she didn't want. And I think asking a million questions and reading between the lines and paying attention to the body language, like you said, like when I, you know, looking at photos, I showed her a couple other pictures that weren't her mom with the same hair. And she was like, oh, wait, no, I don't want that. Mm. Um, And so, yeah, I think that, I think that's, awesome that you that you have that and we'll absolutely link it in the show notes. also if people are wanting something free i have the five must-have questions to ask every client on my website oh, as well so that's something that perfect. people could grab um for free and see if those five questions 
can help them because yeah, like I always say, like if you, I used to be like, oh my gosh, we only have this much time. So I got to quickly like look over your shoulder at that Pinterest photo, be like, yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Get to the color room, start mixing up, not even think about whether their hair can achieve it or not. And totally. how, if you rush those first few minutes, you're actually just throwing away the rest of the appointment. Cause it doesn't matter how good of a job you do, if you're not doing what they want or being able yeah. or letting them understand that like you have to watch what their hair is going to do, then it's not a success. Absolutely. And like, how many times has someone shown you a picture of a haircut and they're looking at the layers, but your eye is drawn to the bang yep. and they're like, we want this or I want this. Yep. And if you're not clarifying, you're going to give someone bangs that just wanted long legs. Or someone showing you a color that's just of the back and, and being like, how do you picture it around her face? Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because we fill in the blanks. Huge. Yeah. It's true. We do with what we want. And that's not at all the the case or that's not always you know you need to what are they wanting is the question yeah. and that has nothing to do with how good or how bad you are as a hairstylist it's a matter of expectation and listening yeah rarely <laughs> is like an unsuccessful appointment about skill and talent right I would say and I think lots of hairdressers quit because they think well I'm no good these people are leaving unhappy but what what I really wish was more strongly emphasized was um, communication in our, in, in our, in our foundational of education, like communication, so important. And another thing is like, think about if you're sitting in the chair, like we forget about the perspective of the client. So we stand behind them and talk through the, talk to them through the mirror. One, we're standing mm -hmm. behind them. People don't feel safe with someone behind them. Like mm -hmm. it's like a psychological thing. Like we, yeah. if you're like feeling unsafe and threatened, you usually put your back against a wall. So, you know, there's something strong and good. So yeah. it's an unsafe feeling to have someone behind you. Also, yeah. we're above them talking down. Yeah. Like if you ever, like you learn about like talking to children, you're supposed to like get on their same level. Mm -hmm. It builds trust. And then talking mm -hmm. through the mirror, it's like a, you know, like kind of like, it doesn't feel trustworthy. So they're already like, yeah. if you've ever noticed, some clients will just be very agreeable. And then at the end, mm -hmm. they're not happy. And you're like, but you said, so I turn the chair around or I stand beside the mirror and I, and I crouch down, I get on their level, I, like mm -hmm. eye level together. I look at them in the eye and face to face with them and I listen and that builds so much trust. And if it's so true. if your clients trust you, they can be more honest with you. Yeah. It's true. I could talk about I, this forever. <laughs> yeah, same. I do something similar. I come to the front of the chair um, and I either pump their chair up or if the chair next to me is open, I'll sit down in it depending on totally. the scenario. Because it's true. Like have a real conversation. Like it's not like it is very weird that we just stand behind the chair and talk to them. I have people. Have you ever had someone just like fully turn around in the chair because clearly they want to just have a normal yeah. conversation with or you. they like don't know to look in the mirror or behind them they're like where what we yeah yeah it's the strangest thing um and I too could talk about communication all day and I think that it's there needs to be an entire section of cosmetology school on communication and there's absolutely yeah not. I would say you can be the best in the world but if you don't do what your client wants or understand what they want it's not a success yeah, yeah. No, it's true. Well, so what are some career goals for you? You mentioned that something's coming out in January that sounds like you yeah. can't tell us what it is yet. <laughs> so what are some things coming that um, or some things you want to do that you can tell us about? Yeah, well, I, like you can tell, like I'm very passionate about communication and um, I know that there's so many talented and skilled hairstylists out there 
that just need some extra um, guidance on how to make their businesses more successful. And so I'm very passionate about helping other stylists. I hate saying it sounds like I'm so passionate, (laughs) but um, I really like, like I was saying, what makes me feel most successful about my business is making my clients feel like their worth and their value. And I am equally as invested as that, as I am seeing other hairstylists thrive in their businesses. So you can expect to see more of that. Like I said, like I have a whole bunch of freebies on my website for other hairstylists that are either, it would still be great for like commission-based stylists, but as well as like stylists that are thinking about owning their own business or going into a suite or, you know, being on their own or that want to just like feel a little bit more in control of their career and grow their career and take take control of it um mm-hmm. i'm creating a lot more stuff for other hairstylists because there's so much that i wish had been there when i went out on my own mm-hmm. or when i was wanting to grow and even within being even within a salon as a commission stylist kind of feeling like i don't know what's next and not really having a mentor um, yeah. i really want to be able to create that for other hairstylists yeah and i'm oh super gosh, excited I'm so, about it i'm super excited about it too um who's inspiring you right now like, who do you, oh, I feel like there's been some people that listening to your podcast has led me to them, but is there anyone just, and if there's not anyone that's jumping to the front of your mind, we can skip this question, but <laughs> I'm always looking for more inspiration basically. So I figured I'd ask if you had any buddy that I should be following or paying attention to, or um, I don't know. Hairstylist wise or not. But yeah, who who do you love online that's a hairstylist? That's a like let's start there. Who do I Jenny from the paint box? Jenny from the paint box. Um, I don't even know who this person is. Well, she's in Brooklyn. What? Yeah, so she um I took her hair painting class. She's like the OG hair painter. Okay. Um wait, I'll find Wait, her. I should I take think her it's class the paint- if she's in Brooklyn. Yeah. What am I doing with my life? The paint box BK. Maybe I do follow this person. Okay. I'm going to look that up. Um, Sorry, did I cut you off? No, that's she is like, I love her. She's amazing. She's like the most genuine, coolest chick ever. Um, she was, she was like my second hair painting class I ever took. And it's what made me realize like, wait, I don't have to do things exactly how I learn in a class. I have freedom to create it into my own. And that's where my hair painting really morphed into its ownness mm. is being like, I can get inspired and learn from other people, but I don't have to do it exactly like them. I can mold this and shape this into something that works for me and the way I like to do hair. Yeah. So she was like, she was huge in inspiring me and also teaching me um, a lot about hair painting. Oh my God. I'm excited. I'm going to look her up and I want to take her class now. Um, do you read? Are you a reader? Off and on. <laughs> I know that's very random, but these I'm. No, I I'm love in, it. I'm. It's. This is how I got there. I mm. like to talk about ways in which I can get inspired, and reading is one of those ways for me. So that's why I was just my. I always like to ask everybody, like what they're reading, because I'm always looking for some way for me to be inspired, and I'm. I'm because I'm in a weird place with Instagram. Sometimes that's not always the place I want to go for it. And yeah, so, turn your phone off. Yeah, so I was just curious if you. I know oh, there's that book you told me to read, and I never did. Uh, the purity, 
myth. The purity myth. Yeah. I need to put that away. Definitely. Especially coming from our upbringing. Oh my God. Which we, I feel like would go off on a major tangent if we started to open that (laughs) box. So we're not even going to. Oh yeah. Um, But are you reading? My mind was spiraling last night with like thoughts from my upbringing, (gasps) which I had, I had a good childhood, but just like talk, like things about like shame and stuff like that. Wait, what were you, how did that come up last night? Oh, okay. So this is such such a funny thought. So last night I was like thinking about like how I can be more myself online Mm. And because I feel like the last little bit, I've been so focused on this big launch that I'm creating that I'm not as much like my goofy self. I'm just like, I like fear that I'm like too promoting mm. because I genuinely want people to like see what I'm making because I'm making it for them. Obviously, yeah. I'm wanting to make a business out of it as well. Right. Um, and that's that's like the weird intersection of it is like I genuinely want to help people. And if I could help people for free, that would be amazing. But that'd be like I, if I could cut everyone's hair for free, like we money is an important necessity in our lives. Um, But, uh, and then I thought about like, I don't talk about my divorce a lot online. I wrote a blog post about it once, um, but I don't talk a lot about it. And I was like, how come I don't talk about it? And then I was like, oh, because I have like shame around it. I also have this fear because I know a lot of people from my past and from the, like the city I lived in before Calgary still watch and follow a lot of my stuff Mm -hmm. that there's this weirdness of them seeing it and also like there's like fears that have been confirmed like when I wrote my blog post about my divorce I was like I guarantee you this one person reaches out to my ex and lets him know oh my god and then and then I found out she did (gasps) and so it was that weird of like yeah like my gut knew it and then I then I have to be like who cares like I didn't say anything bad about him in that blog post it was much more about my perspective and like my my side it's not that I was like you know, like being like, I wasn't saying shit about him, but just like having that confirmation that like people gossip and I'm like, Oh, that's like my fear. It's like the people from my past and like from my religious past is a a lot of the fear is like the gossip that goes on in it. Yeah. Which that's sort of part of my, not to keep coming back to my Instagram issue, but that is sort of where it stems from. I think is this fear of what people think. Like I worry, like, I know that I'm, like, so, like, worried about, oh, you know, when people look at a post and they're like, wow, she has 9,900-something followers, but, like, 20 people like this post. Wow, what's she doing wrong? Or whatever. Like, it's so dumb, but it is so easy to worry about gossip and what other people are saying about you or what other people are thinking. Like, so how did you get past that or have you gotten past that? Like I said, I was just having those thoughts last night. Oh yeah, that was last night. So where are you at today with it? Um, yeah, I was like, how can I? And then it's like the more you're like, how can I be myself? It's like the more awkward and like stiff you get, right? Right. Um, so I don't know. I'm still just like mulling it over. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I feel like it's good that you're having these conversations with yourself because that's, you know, that's a step in the right direction. I feel like of. Yeah, I just don't want to be like picture perfect and like, look at how amazing my life is and how I've got everything figured out because I don't like I've gotten some things figured out and I've overcome some things. But then you just like enter into a new stage of like, you are now able to take on more and figure out more and learn more. So you're I never want to get to a place in my life where I'm not learning and growing. Oh my god, I know. Same. A thousand percent. Um, Okay, well, we're gonna have to do this again, because I feel like we could talk for a million hours. Um, but I think this is a good stopping place. I have one final question for you because I ask everybody this, 
-hmm. You're making a pizza. What do you put on the pizza? Or you're going cheese for pizza. Oh. Or you're going. It doesn't matter. You don't have to make it yourself oh. if you don't want. Well, if I'm making it myself, it's cheese and pepperoni. Okay, classic. Yeah. And if but I'm going if somewhere. I'm, well, it depends on where I'm going. Okay, well, where would But you there's go? this one pizza at um, at this restaurant called the Beltliner, and it's got maple syrup and bacon. What? And sausage. Wow. Yeah. Oh, my boyfriend's just beside me saying, it's it's at Una, and it's called the Beltliner. Oh, my <laughs> the pizza's God. Called. That sounds really good. And I don't even eat meat, and that's really mm -hmm. tasty. The maple syrup. It's very... It's very Canadian. I was just going to say that sounds very Canadian. Okay, well, we need to plan a trip for me to come to Calgary, I decided. Yes, please. We've got a good spare room for you guys. <gasps> oh, my God. Okay, I'm going to really, like, try to make this happen. And in the winter is great because we could go to the mountains in the snow, but the summer is really beautiful, too. Oh, my God. Wait. Okay. Is it still winter in Canada in March like it is here? Yes. We have very similar weather, just more snow. Okay. You guys have more humidity, though, so it doesn't feel as cold. Got it. We just scheduled a vacation for March, but I think we're going to Mexico. <laughs> we were just talking about going to Mexico in March, too. Wait, what? We're talking about going to Tulum the first week of March. Oh, it won't be till the end of Damn. March. Damn. That sucks. Wouldn't that be... That would have been hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> like, meet for the first time in real life in Mexico. I feel like yeah, that. Feel like, like that sounds like Shirley next door. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god, Don! Thank you so much for coming on my podcast. Well, thanks for having me. It was a pleasure. This was so much fun. Um, I will link all the ways for people to find you in the show notes. Tell them what your Instagram handle is. Oh, my Instagram handle is at Don Bradley Hair, and my website is donbradley.com. Awesome. Um, yeah, cool. I'll link everything. And oh wait, do you hear Joey? That's the first. Yeah, that's the first appearance for today. Actually, I think I heard mm -hmm. her a little bit ago, but it was more quiet. Yeah, I haven't even heard Leroy during this podcast. He's been very well behaved. I'm disappointed. <laughs> I wanted him to bark. <laughs> okay, all right, you guys. Well, thanks for listening. I hope you have a great week, and I will talk to you next week. Bye. Thanks. Bye. Bye.